This is an ABC podcast. The subject line of the email is, Eminem was hiding in a doorway. (laughs) Bang. 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 Bang on. Hello, Zan. Hello, Miff. How you going? I'm excited. What? It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. A couple of weeks ago, we recorded episode 202 of Bang On on the 2nd of the 2nd, 2022. And I mentioned that because we forgot to mention it then. We didn't realise. But today we are recording on the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. It is Tuesday or Tuesday. Tuesday. And there are two of us and we just did 200 episodes in 2022. Well, I'm just saying two. What's going on? What's going on? That's all I've got. Is I there, don't know what's happening. Is, but is two a lucky number? I don't know. I don't think so. Seven is. Seven is. But two? Just the two, two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just you and I. Oh, we went different. Oh. You went high, I went low, which is pretty much, although flipped, pretty what Bang what On is. Does. <laughs> uh, we go high. Um, we talk about the high arts and, and, and culture, the culture, as people are referring to it today. Oh, yeah. Um, and we also go low. Really low. Music, art, life and stuff, whatever <laughs> that fashion. stuff may be. Why are we recording early this week though? Because usually we would record Bang On on a Thursday. Yeah. We'd be jumping into your feeds on a Thursday afternoon. We're going early this week. Why? Because I'm off to my spiritual home, the Gold Coast, um, <laughs> where I, I I will die uh, someday. What? I will die on the Gold Coast someday, Oh, right, I'm like in sure. the future, yeah, not yeah, this week. Yeah, in Good. some sort of penthouse situation, wearing a wearing a moo-moo and a... Um, you know, something fabulous. A white heel. Yeah, yeah, a white clacky heel, mm. I think. Um, but no, Eurovision Australia decides is on this weekend, which is super exciting. This is where we choose the song that goes to Eurovision, which will be in Italy this year. Turin. So, big deal. Turin? Turin. Turin. Torino. I remember when you taught me how to pronounce Kiev. Kiev. Which is very timely now. I know. But I learnt that through Eurovision. So really, this is how I understand the world, through you telling me how to pronounce different names of different cities. Isn't that wonderful? That I've never been to before. This is the role of Eurovision, is yes. to educate the world about the world. I know a few of the people who are going to be competing this weekend on the Gold Coast, Isaiah Firebrace, Jaguar Jones, Paulini, mm. but there's also a few new artists that I'm not quite across and I'm excited to see perform. Yeah, there's lots of new artists that have come through through a lot of those tank talent shows, the singing shows. So gotcha. I have to admit, I'm not super across all of that either but having come to their music like Sheldon Riley who wears fabulous fashion oh yeah facial wear I'm very excited and like Bjork facial wear yeah quite Ooh, a bit like and a also fascinator for the face a little bit and also almost Kanye Balenciaga of a couple of years ago fashion mm. face facial wear so um I'm I'm really looking forward to that there's there's the show is always bonkers. Like there's always some crazy wild staging and I can guarantee you there's going to be a moment I think in this year's show where you'll be watching going, is that even legal? <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Or okay. is that safe and is that even legal? <laughs> it's Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's coming up this weekend on yeah. SBS. What time, what place, when can we watch? I don't know what time. Oh, my then. God. As if I know what time it's on. It's on Saturday night. This is why I press the record <laughs> button every week. Google it. You'll see me if you are wearing an amazing dress. Oh, my God. Can I give a – am I allowed to say? I don't know if I can. I'll be wearing um, a little bit of a collaboration between – this is fashion, ladies and gents. You can say. The Romance Was Born Kendone collaboration. This was made for you. Blowing my mind. Made for you. (laughs) 
Um, I, I think I've got a little Fahashan number that's uh, that's that will be worn, and it feels very Gold Coast nineteen eighties. So I'm super into that. Can't wait. So excited to see you. That is why we're going early on Bang On this week, and. Something that's been popping up in my feed, which I still don't understand and I'm (laughs) looking to you to explain to me, is vibe shift. Mm. Now, I've heard the phrase, but it's been kind of appearing a lot and specifically in pieces that try to explain vibe shift. Look, I did speed read, so maybe that's my issue, but what the hell is vibe shift? What are we talking about here? This is so, so important and so serious. (laughs) I cannot believe that you just just brushed over it as if it was nothing, Zan. I mean, Alison my P- vibe hasn't been shifted yet. <laughs> well, you know, this might mean that you're not ready for the next vibe. You're going to stay in the old vibe, um, and I'll get to what that means in just a tick. Alison P. Davis has written this piece for the cut, and it's called "A Vibe Shift Is Coming." Will any of us? survive this. Or know what's happening. Are you terrified? Well, I don't know what it is. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, I can say it's not a meteor. It's not don't look up vibes. Um, it's not climate change. Don't look up vibes is a great piece <laughs> of advice. <laughs> it's not climate change. It's not Russia and Ukraine. It's, it's none of that. It's actually really nothing and it's not important, but everybody's talking about it. And I'm not entirely sure why. All it is. This is that you literally just described the internet. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And this feels very much of the internet. It's people who live online a lot uh, deciding what this vibe shift is going to be. Now, um, it seems that um, there's been a substack. Now, substack is where people are now just writing. It's kind of like a a pay-as-you-go for people who, who... like the work of others. Self-publishing, yeah. direct to the source, yeah. writer to audience, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So there's a substack written from a trend forecaster consultancy founder named Sean Monaghan, okay? We love trend forecasters on I know. Bang On too. It's such a bullshit job and I love it and I want it and I feel like I could do it. So this is why this article speaks to me. Apparently he was the one responsible. Now imagine putting this on your resume. This is pretty good. Responsible for naming the people who wore New Balance sneakers and dad jeans, he named them Normcore. Do you remember Normcore? No, that's huge because I, I still use that phrase, Normcore. Mm. I still use that term. I, I used it in the last week. I remember when Kylie went Normcore at the Logies and it was like shock horror. <laughs> it was like she was wearing cargo pants and um, and it was just there was no show or anything but she was totally on trend. And it, was it was the early noughties. And it was fashion. Normcore. It was fashion. Um, anyway. A vibe shift, that's the term that Monaghan is using for what is a relatively simple idea, okay, in the culture. And notice everyone's calling it the culture now. It's no longer culture. Yeah. Um, sometimes things change and a once dominant social wavelength starts to feel dated. So no shit, Sherlock. A vibe shift is we're moving on. And what we're, mo- <laughs> and what we're moving on from apparently is the three most recent eras, and this is what will speak to the Bang On audience because the earliest era is the hipster indie music era, which was Arcade Fire. Think about like when Williamsburg in Brooklyn was hip and everyone had fairy lights. So mid-naughties we're talking about. Yeah, fairy lights, et cetera, et cetera, Um, you know, waxed beards, um, woodland gentlemen with beards. Woodland gentlemen. (laughs) In the inner city, woodland gentlemen. I remember that era well. I love well. that era. I'm quite, I'm quite happy to hang on to that because you know my thing about men. I love with, a beard. Men with beards. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not objectifying gentlemen, but um, it was it was great for me that era. But you can't hang on to these eras, and this is what it is about the vibe shift. the The next vibe shift that this person defined was the post internet 
techno revival, which also included non-core dressing yep. that we're very familiar with. And then the latest or the last before we move on in the 2020s, um, or as some people are calling it, the whoring 20s because we haven't had sex for so long. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the last, the one we're in or the one we're moving out of is Hype Beast slash Woke, which is about sneaker flipping. I'm not sure what that means. You get someone else's tinea if you sell on sell your shoes. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, virtue signaling. And we know what that's, that is because that's what our parents tell us we're doing all the time still. <laughs> and um, people who are having protests, not brunch. And I like those people. Um, so we're on the cusp of that. That vibe shift, we're moving on. We're moving into that or we're moving away we're from moving that? We're moving away from that. But what, what are we moving towards? Well, this is the other thing. Not everyone survives a vibe shift, Zan. You <laughs> and I you and I could be left them? behind with our woodland creatures. Oh, so this is where we stay in the vibe. Yeah, we like, haven't shifted and this happens a lot as you – I'm not going to generalise and say as you get older, but sometimes you just true, you don't, you don't <laughs> care as much about keeping up with – the trends. So if yeah. you're stuck in the vibe, that's where we'd be, in the woodland creature vibe. Yeah, I'd be quite happy Cargo there for pants. a while. <laughs> um, you get left behind, it's a battlefield. There's carcasses everywhere. Um, New Balance sneakers just <laughs> strewn across the landscape. Um, or, or you, you know, you move Talking on. Talking about how The Suburbs was one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, anyway, you get married. Apparently, you have kids. That's how you. That's how you drop off the vibe. So brutal. Your dated vibe is okay. Stay with your vibe if that's what you like. But you're out. This is, it's brutal, um, and it makes me exhausted thinking about life like this. Yeah, I'm tired. But of course, I'm keen. Like, there's a lot of people saying this story about the vibe shifting is is absolute bull dust. But the fact that we even care shows that we are still a part of that machine that wants to know what the next vibe is. So what is the new vibe? Well, Please tell me. You've, you've actually explained so much to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the vibe and I'm ready to shift forward. Well, and the reason why everyone's so excited is because we've come out of a pandemic and we've been starved of it. Everyone's been sitting in their houses so we, and we don't know how to behave or what to think or what to feel. And you've spoken about this a lot about, you know, we went for dinner on Saturday night and you were excited about dressing up because you haven't left the house to go out for tea for so long. You know, we've lost the ability to I didn't remember. know what to wear. Like how do you what like what, yeah, dress, how you up, get dress up, up? Like nice dress. Yeah. And we've <laughs> talked about it on Bang On too in terms of fashion trends and the way that people, you know, certain like very high-end fashion houses started just making what was ostensibly tracky dacks in the mm. last two years. Mm. Well, so, think about crops and Balenciaga. Well, yeah. I mean, thank you to everyone <laughs> who continues to send us the croc heels. We've seen them, but thank you many times. The croc heel are from Balenciaga. Yep. Um Good news for people who want to know what the vibe shift is, though. We're moving on from um, culture wars. Over. Culture oh, wars are over. Thank, thank God. God. Younger people are less interested in things like cancel culture. That's over. Great. Cancel, yeah, that's just for your parents or grandparents to get angry about at Christmas or perhaps Easter's coming up. That's for them. You can tell them the vibe has changed. They can get over it. And also um, things that are personal. What do you mean? You and me in a room having a chat. That's the vibe shift. Oh, we're moving towards that. We are trend forecasters. So here. we're, we're here. ahead of the trend. Finger on the pulse, <laughs> sitting in a room here. So yeah, but finally, I know, I know. And but this is this is the one that got me lolling. American apparel, flash photography at parties, and messy hair and messy makeup, which is kind of the early aughts indie sleaze vibe that is back. Okay, and so American apparel was cancelled for anybody who knows cancelled. that story. Yeah, so, what so was... cancel culture doesn't exist anymore. You can then it's coming back. Bring back a business owner who, um, <laughs> yeah, who treated his staff appallingly and in. 
yeah. Sexualised his models. Yep, rank. Um, uh, uh, we're also very on trend too, Zan. Um, Substacks and podcasts are the new blogs. So, you know, blogs are out, obviously. They've been out forever. Mm. Um, but we're, we've got a podcast. We're so ahead of the trend. Ahead of the trend. Um, and also um, Silicon Valley is out. Optimising workflow is out. It's about embracing decadence. Anti-decadence is out. So it's all this about. This is going to relate very heavily to my bang on today. So yeah, I'm loving this. Yeah, and a return of irony. So oh, good. Good to know. I Someone never let Americans mine. know. <laughs> it's funny. This is coming from an American article that they're talking about the return of irony. Very I ironic. I know. I know. <laughs> so that's pretty much the vibe shift. And I could have predicted that if they'd given me $20,000. Oh, my God. I love this. You totally made sense of it for me. I know Bang Fam will be loving it too. On that tip of us being ahead of the trend, I haven't discussed this on Bang On yet as a fashion update, mm-hmm. but I have spoken about it a bit on socials. And thank you to every single member who's been sending me these pictures. Pink and orange, the Bang On team colours that we came up with five years ago are the colour of the current season. There is so much, which would have trickled down, I think, from European summer and is now hitting the high streets everywhere. There is so much pink and orange in fashion right now, in dresses, in bathers or togs or swimmers, wherever, whatever you call them, Carrie, wherever you are. just like that. She was final wearing it in the final she, scene in Putty. Put, put big out in the water. <laughs> in a little Eiffel Tower bag. But pink and orange, our team colours, is now five years later in fashion. So I think that what we've learned today is that we um, have shifted the vibe. In fact, for everybody, we are the vibe shift. We are the vibe shift. We are the vibe shift. And I think that's the important thing to take away from the vibe shift. It is you and you can be you. And um, whatever vibe that went before, feel free. Invent a new one because it's... It's 2022. Really quickly speaking of putting names to things, because last week we talked about romantic love and how it's not all it's cracked up Mm. to be. A great piece that we shared last week with Bang Fam. There was a couple of really interesting pieces that really related to that this week coming in on The Cut, which is where the Vibe Shift article came from. The Cut is part of the New Yorker, isn't it? Yes. So it's kind of like what the Australian's trying to do by having a new young woke section. Also another Vibe Shift this week. (laughs) But yeah, so The Cut's got a lot of really good articles. We read it a lot um, in in Bang On, but there's, yeah, a a case study of being inside three platonic life partnerships, PLPs. And that is people who, as we've talked about before, kind of like the Golden Girls idea where you decide to commit to a relationship with someone in a platonic way. Some people are getting married. A lot of people are moving in together. They are entering into life in uh, non-sexual or asexual loving relationships. And it's really interesting. It answers a lot of questions you might have, particularly off the back of our discussion last week on things that you might see could work for you if the other things aren't. And also it was great to see that, Triple J's The Hookup with D shared the story too. They had a look at it on from a more local perspective. Mm. But I'll put those two links in the show notes because I think this is it's so great that this is a conversation that's getting louder and louder. I've long been a believer that one romantic relationship or a succession of them can't feed that whole part of your life. Um, and sometimes romantic relationships don't work for many people yeah. at all. So yeah. this idea of a PLP, a platonic life partnership. I like that. It's I think got a name. Cool. But, you know, it's interesting that we still look to having those long commitments. Like that's the kind of thing that I think is interesting that regardless of how our expectations shift of what we want, what we need, what we think we want and need, there's still this push towards a long-term relationship mm. where my feeling has always been I am very happy in a monogamous relationship and while it's good, it's great and I am committed, but I don't have 
sorry, Jeffy, we've talked about this before privately. Yeah. We don't, I don't have any great, like, oh, we're going to be together forever. Like, I hope we are. But I think that that, which we sort of referenced last week in the romantic love, that mm. kind of all or nothing, it has you to complete me. It has to bullshit. be the one <laughs> that plays into. So, this idea of a life partnership, even if it's platonic, I think still Do you know looks what it to is? that a bit. You know what it is, though? I think it's because the way society is, is set up, the structures um, are set up that in ways that encourage that long-term Buying a house, relationship, creating house. a life, exactly. raising children. It's very difficult to do in the short term. You can't just go and do it. So you do need to, I guess, if you want to live that way, you do need to set up that support system that's going to be there for a period of time, whether or not be it be an extended period of time, but at least a period of time to allow you to do it. Because otherwise it's impossible, I mean. Unless you're in Silicon Valley, but you won't be anymore. The vibe shifts over. <laughs> No one wants those um, ping pong tables and cafes that give you free lunch anymore because we've all just worked out that... There's no such thing as a free lunch. And because, you know, just because they keep you there at work doesn't mean they they really care about you. They just want you to make you work harder and have a shorter lunch break. Exactly. Don't leave the building. So fuck that. Vibe shift. (laughs) Vibe shift. I like this new vibe shift. I like it too. (laughs) Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Oh, my God, did you see that the first trailer has been released for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, the biopic that, if you remember, started all those years ago at the beginning of the pandemic. They were filming on the Gold Coast. Tom Hanks, who's playing Colonel Tom Parker, got COVID. (laughs) And gave it to Richard Wilkins, hashtag never forget. This is the start of COVID. (laughs) And now we're finally seeing the foundations of this film come out. I I assume it's going to be opening sometime in 2022, maybe the North American summer, but we've seen the first look at it. Have you had a look? I have had a look and I, I, I'm... I'm so in! I was like, get that into my veins. My God, it looks amazing. And look, there's there's every possibility it might not be as amazing as, as we'd like it to be because I think when you deal with an icon like Elvis, it's it's near impossible to get something like that right. Everyone in the world will have an opinion as to what works and what doesn't. So it's a difficult one. It could be... It could be absolutely amazing or it could be maybe not quite right who knows we'll wait and see but he does it looks amazing it looks amazing I got shivers when I watched because it. he makes films that look incredible and I, I thought it was interesting seeing the you know that it shows his early days as a little kid he grew up you know pretty poor in the south he goes to the Pentecostal church tent and kind of sneaks in and that's where he pretty much sees and then takes that very physical representation of music and feeling onto his own stage and that's what gets him attention, the hip shaking, the, you know, the gospel spirit within him, mm. which is translated in a far more sexual way, but that's what gets everyone's attention. And the other part that seems like a huge part of this film, and obviously Tom Hanks is one of the main stars, mm. is his relationship with Colonel Tom Parker, who yeah. is the talent scout that became his manager. Just take a listen. If you you may have seen it. If you haven't yet, this is a little bit from the trailer and you'll hear Tom Hanks and his very specific accent as Colonel Tom Parker. I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. So that's a little bit of the Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, as it's titled, uh, biopic. I forgot 
I forgot that Tom Hanks was in it and I didn't even realise it was him. Well, he's got the prosthetics, doesn't he? He's going to win an Oscar. I mean, as soon as you add a prosthetic, prosthetic yeah. it's like prosthetic Oscar tick. I was looking at that going and listening to it going, oh, what is that accent? Such a weird accent. And, you know, I thought, okay, he sounds like he's from the South. I did a little bit of Googling. Mm. Spoiler alert. I mean, this is very easy to find out. If you don't want to know, though, just switch off for the next 30 seconds. Colonel Tom Parker was Dutch. He emigrated at the age of 20. He never became a citizen in America. He mm. basically snuck in illegally yep. and he never left the borders of America for the rest of his life. In fact, there's sort of assumptions that the reason that he turned down all these international touring offers for is Elvis because, because he couldn't go overseas. I had no idea about this. That is what true. A, what a lifelong hustle to sneak into America and just stay. And no one ever, and you are the manager of the biggest star in the country, in the world. Surely, and you're the an illegal immigrant. They would have known. They would do background checks. But don't surely. ask, don't tell. Absolutely, he's the, he's, he's the biggest money maker in the world at that time, and I'm sure huge for the American economy. The Silicon so. Valley of the 1960s and 50s. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see this movie. I'm, I'm, as you know, a mad Elvis fan. You sure are. And. Um, you know, I went. I went to Graceland. I found it too humble. I thought it would be a little bit more not ostentatious enough. No, too small. <laughs> too small. Too humble. Too sweet. What did it smell like? It was gorgeous. Um, oh, what did it smell like? Was it perfumed or a bit mothbally? No, definitely not mothballs because people are there twenty four seven. It smelled so. like tourists. It smells. It smells <laughs> like tourists. And you know, I was expecting a little bit of cooking fat in the kitchen in the jungle like the kitchen sort of kind of got jungle vibes as well because it's near the jungle room and I was expecting there's a that jungle smell room? yeah there's a jungle room oh my god um I was expecting that smell but you know years of no deep frying in there has taken that away too so it doesn't work on a smell level definitely doesn't there's going to be a big year for Elvis I think that there is a big exhibition happening in either the Bendigo or Ballarat Art Gallery where Priscilla in Victoria, Priscilla is loaning a whole bunch of Elvis artifacts mm. from Graceland. So if you're not lucky enough to have gone to Graceland or it's going to be a while until you make that dream come true, I'm excited about seeing that. Can we do a little road trip? Absolutely. See what oh it smells God. like in there? Yeah. Sorry. I always ask about <laughs> smells. I'm so creepy. Smells? Because it's a way that you sense danger, Miff. That's why. Did you also hear that Alone is coming to Australia? And we've banged on about Alone before. This is the amazing SBS series, which has... Basically started in the US, it's gone to Sweden, Norway, Denmark, a whole bunch of people are just dumped somewhere in the wild, wild mm. wilderness. They're, you know, several kilometres apart and they just have to be alone. They've got their own filming equipment. They've got to capture themselves surviving, you know, building nests and nets and nests. capturing. Nests. <laughs> so they do, some of them have to build a nest do to sleep remember, in. Do you remember the boyfriend nest? Just yes. <laughs> throw, throwing back to it. No, Bang fam love it when we reference old episodes. <laughs> The nest boyfriend was a highlight and then it turned. Like, imagine going home to somebody. He could probably do really well, though, I think though, he'd do well alone. alone, yes. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, a woman wrote in to, to some, some sort of problem page, I think it was on Reddit, um, whereby she went home to a gentleman's place who she quite liked and he slept in a nest mm. of his clothes. He was auditioning for Alone, as it happens. <laughs> um, but you can too and it's going to be coming to Australia. Casting is open now. So if you want to be alone, if you haven't been alone enough in the last two years of the pandemic and you want to be uh, alone in a competition, I think the prize money, well, in the US it's about half a million bucks, which is it's, not, it's not enough. It's going out on SBS. Not enough. It's not going to be that much either. $5,000. <laughs> and I love, $5, I love SBS and I work for SBS. And a signed photo of Miff Warhurst, That's host right. of Eurovision. <laughs> 
wearing a muumuu and a turban of some description. I am so, so here for this. Hey, before we get into our bang on, I wanted to share a couple of things from our bang box and also some really wonderful reviews from the Apple podcast app. Thank you to everyone who gets in touch with us. This email from Ivana in Perth, right? So she was responding to our episode last week. Zan, I did the same as you after watching the Super Bowl halftime show. I tried to spy each rapper when not performing <laughs> in the halftime show. I only found Eminem. Now, the key to this is that Ivana's subject line of the email is Eminem was hiding in a doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Made my week. <laughs> Such a good email. Oh, that is great. And off the back of your great bang on about Cassandra Speaks, uh, Kim got in touch and said, so Cassandra was someone in Greek, Greek mythology mm. who was gifted with prophecy but then one of the gods got annoyed with her, so no. she was cursed never to be believed. Never believed. Classic. Yeah. Amazing. couple of really great reviews too. Jess uh, writing, bang on, where have you been all my life? Yeah, we've been here. In this room. <laughs> I discovered you mid-2021 and honestly, you guys have been the highlight of my year. Going through the strange ups and downs of the roller coaster that is depression and anxiety, listening to both of you has been like a warm cup of tea and a chat with some old friends. I've actually listened to some episodes to calm myself at times and it works so well. Better than therapy. Love you guys. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess. I, I, I don't think we are better than therapy, but that is a beautiful compliment. Do Thank not take you. what we say as written by a doctor. Yeah. It is all allegedly on bang on. But thank you, Jess. That was gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Um, and I just want to point out that there was a bit of support for the Two Minute Noodles. AMGB on Apple Podcasts says... Two Minute Noodles, they're the best, but I think they're discontinued, so I guess Australia doesn't agree. <laughs> yes, the market has spoken. The market has spoken. I was right. I've got some supporters, though, and you thank, you for, thank you for reaching out yes. all over the country for supporters of Two Minute Noodles, RIP. Well, I'm sure you can still make them if you just pop a bit of tomato sauce in your it's noodles. It's not just tomato sauce. What is it's it? It's different to that. Is it like the red um, the topping? In, is it like the red topping it's though in pizza shapes? It. Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> Because you could do that too. Just put the bottom of the pizza shape. I feel like you're bag. mocking me now. I am. I need a vibe shift away from this. <laughs> what are you banging on about this week? <laughs> vibe shift. Um, the whole point of the vibe shift, though, is that we're too old to care. Um, so even though we're ahead of the game, Pete, it's actually it's actually that. really embarrassing that we're even talking about the vibe shift <laughs> because it's not about us. It's true. It's absolutely not about Go us. Go away. <laughs> Although I'm going to make the whoring twenties my thing. <laughs> Else, yes. Um, well, oh, fabulous podcast that somebody recommended last year and I hadn't got around to listening to it and I had a little bit more paint stripping to do this week. Um, if anyone would like to take over on the paint stripping, I've had enough. Uh, but it does allow me to listen to stuff. So this one is called Harsh Reality and it's the story of Miriam Rivera. Now, does that name ring a bell no. for you? Okay, Miriam Rivera was the first trans woman to go on a reality show. It was a reality dating show. Uh, it was called There's Something About Miriam. It was made in 2004 in the UK and uh, it was a show originally intended to be about gender. It was supposed to talk about masculinity. It was supposed to discuss some pretty interesting elements of, of the male psyche, mm. all of that. Unfortunately, the end of the show, the big I guess you could say was that the men didn't know that Miriam had been in fact born a man and so as you can imagine 
all chaos ensued and it was uh, it, it was terrible for Miriam. It was terrible for the contestants, it, the, the creators, the producers of the show created a monster essentially in that um, they didn't have any plans in place mm. for, for what was going to happen because they hadn't predicted it. And and I guess listening to this, it reminds me of what's happening now with a lot of the platforms and the apps that we use today, like Spotify's facing it. They're facing certain challenges and yet they have to make up their own rules according to their own values. And quite often that usually means the dollar wins over the, the proper outcome. Um, and so these sort of things can be quite dangerous. Mm. And so this show ended up being, I think, quite dangerous for, for a lot of the people involved. Um, the podcast goes beyond just the reality show and Miriam's role in it. And it, it, it posits Miriam as a, as, a, as a trailblazer and it celebrates her life as a pioneer. Mm. Um, her goal, her dream was to, to put trans women on television in the mainstream media and she did that. Um, there were a lot of problems with the show in which she did that, um, but that's not on her at all. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful podcast. What's it called again? It is called uh, Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera. Okay, great. Mm. On podcast apps everywhere. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. It, the conversation has shifted so much, even in the last five years, but mm. specifically, you know, the last 16, 17 years since yeah. this TV show went to air, massive leaps and bounds, still a lot of issues but a very different conversation we're having in 2022 about all of this. Absolutely. Thank God. Thank goodness. And I think it's, it's a really good reminder that if you are doing a new thing and you're creating a new thing, it, I think you really do have to think beyond the immediate results of this. The yeah. implications are ongoing and they, they, will, they will trickle down. And so I think this is a really timely podcast, especially when it comes to reality shows, you know, watching shows like Maths, which I, of course, watch because I love trash. Mm. Um, but there's going to be a trickle-down effect here in terms of how people are coping and how they survive, how they're portrayed, all of that. And and I think creators are only becoming aware of that. And it's, it's dangerous territory. It's human beings you're dealing with. Yeah, and often you talk about those rules. They're often made up in reaction to something that's happened totally. as opposed to those standards set at the beginning, aren't they? Yeah, well, there are no standards set at the beginning. Everyone just wants to succeed. And make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they realise, oh, we better do some follow-up work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you banging on about? I finally read slash listened to a book that I've wanted to for a long time, The Meaning of Mariah, Mariah <gasps> Carey's autobiography. Yay. We talked about this when it came out a couple of years ago because there was a big hubbub about the fact that she'd released this secret grunge album or not released it and that was one of the big headlines among a book that is – Full of headlines, but also really interestingly, not gossipy and not full of celebrities and not full of mentions of old flames. It's way more about her foundations, about her race. She's biracial. She's got a black father and a white mother and about power and really about her finding and making her career and finding her creative center against all odds. Like Mariah Carey is easily one of the most misunderstood artists around today. And I've learned that through reading this epic book. And it gave me so much more context to her life, what drives her, how she got where she is today. And that's through a lot of hard work and a lot of standing up to a bunch of people in rooms where she was a teenager, basically. Mm. 
Um, she really goes into a lot of detail about her childhood and her troubled family relationships. Um, it's very much a rags to riches entry. She grew up in Long Island. She had a very kind of broken childhood, moving around a lot, um, didn't have a lot of money at certain periods in her life. And yeah, some pretty bad scenes that she found herself in. And then went into her first marriage with Tommy Mottola, who was significantly older than her, decades older than her. He was also the CEO of her record label that had signed her as a teenager. The power imbalance was phenomenal there. Um, and she describes a really emotionally abusive relationship um, where he did things like if she, you know, would go to any other part of the house, he'd be on the intercom. Where are you? What are you doing? Just feeling constantly trapped, you know, like a gilded cage, this beautiful big mansion that she was just trapped in. Really creepy. That's awful. But the it's similarly to the way that when I watched the Amy documentary a few years ago, and I've always loved Amy Winehouse's voice and music, but I kind of, maybe because it's music that lives in another, you know, lived in another era stylistically, I kind of just thought, oh, you know, she's capturing a, ca a character study. But then when you see those lyrics up on the screen of Amy, you're like, oh, my God, you're detailing all the shit you were going through. Mm. And Mariah's the same, you know. She's the way that she weaves these lyrics in the book and it, you need to listen to it. Don't read it. Listen to it because she does sing throughout the book and oh. it's phenomenal. But there's – it gives so much more weight to the stories because she's she's always – processing what she's going through through her songs and she writes all of her songs you know there's a reason why she's so wealthy she did it all um and songs that I kind of processed at the time because I was you know always asking for Mariah Carey CDs as a kid in my Christmas stocking um I loved Mariah Carey I thought her voice was insane and but I kind of consumed them as pop songs or ballads yeah. or just sort of things that could apply to anyone, which is, you know, what pop songs are, but they were very much tied to her life. And it was really interesting too, the way that she speaks way more about the studio than the stage. There's very few references to live performance. It's more about the space where she creates, you know, that's the bit that she relishes and talks about working with her heroes, talks about particularly wanting to work with hip hop artists and more gritty artists. But, you know, her label is constantly like that's too urban read black yeah. as opposed to pop, read white. Um, and she's just fought really hard her whole life for that creative vision. And she really plays, you know, I talked about that kind of like you talked about the vibe shift of being okay with opulence um, and ostentatiousness. You know, she she plays with that image of opulence. We've seen it on her, you know, documentary sort of <laughs> miniseries, which is amazing. Where she has someone do up her shoes. Yeah, I but she's that. like, she's, she's like, don't show anyone it. that. But she's like, nah. <laughs> she's, she doesn't care because she's goddamn earned it. Like when you read this and you see where she's come from, she's worked so hard and overcome a lot of odds to do this. She's proud. She's enjoying it. She owns her music. Um, it's phenomenal. It's really well written. It's just fantastic. So I know a lot of people have, have read it in the Bang Fam, but if you've been kind of thinking, oh, should I read it? Do. Like it is so good and listen to it. Great. Her voice is so, like she's so funny. She's really sassy. She pokes fun at herself and she's got that great husky voice. Yeah. And, you know, she's born and bred New Yorker. Like there's grit. Yep. Fantastic. Loved it. The Meaning of Mariah on audiobook. Excellent. I'll get back to paint stripping and listen to that. You'll love it. You'll tear through it. Maybe Thank just you. like and just that voice. Really want to have Christmas lunch with her in Aspen though. Just putting that out there because that's her annual tradition with her own family that she's made, and I want to be part of that made family. That's Wouldn't is that, that too nice? much to ask? <laughs> Look, I can get you a um, some sort of chalet at Mount Buller. <laughs> 
probably. Um, and some Ugg boots, none of those amazing snow boots that, of course, she will wear. Some glue vine from Dan yeah. Murphy's. <laughs> All right, Is great. that enough? That's I'll our tradition. That's our July. Christmas yeah. in July at Mount Buller. I'll Mount see Buller. you then. See ya. <laughs> Bye, babes. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.